This is a song, good man, the better. Better Call Saul Podcast. My name is Brian, and with me, as always, is Lawn Chair Dave. Lawn Chair Dave, how's it going? Kind of reclining, kind of sitting up straight. Sometimes I break <laughs> for no reason. I didn't even have any reason why I said lawn chair there. I think it's just because it finally feels like summer. It and does. And so in my, in my head... um, I, I don't know. I was thinking lawn chair, but good to have you, Dave. Glad that we are doing It's All Good Man once again. We're doing episode 306, which I'm pretty excited to talk about here in a few moments. But first, Dave and I also host the Nothing Important Podcast. You can find us at nothingimportantpodcast.com and keep an eye out for A Plumbus Among Us, the rickest Rick and Morty podcast brought to you by yours truly and our perennial third Mike, Jeff. Please make sure to check us out on the TV Time app. It's no longer TV Showtime. They renamed it. It's TV Time. Uh, all the same great features and more. Uh, you can rank shows and... Interact with a community of other fans of similar of the same show that you are a fan of. Yep. Track every show that you watch on TV and find our uh, podcast there. It's, it's a great app. TV Time, formerly TV Showtime. Make sure to get the TV Time app. On your smartphone. Today. All right. Today. <laughs> All right, Dave. So we are talking about Better Call Saul, episode 306, titled... Off-brand. <laughs> Look at that. We are so good at that. We've been doing that like the past five weeks. I throw the title to you, and uh, we didn't even plan that, man. It's just nope. the way it happened. Just pick it up and run with it. <laughs> That's called rapport. Yeah. Not Michael Rappaport. Rapport. Mm -hmm. Rapport. Not the Colbert report. Right. This is Same pronunciation, different spelling. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that like a onomatopoeia? Isn't that what that is? Onomatopoeia is a noise that describes the sound that it makes, like boom, clap. Uh, maybe it's a maybe it's a hominin. It would be a, called a homonym. Oh, look at that. See? Third third grade English coming back to me. Okay. Well, also my go. favorite game show from Thirty Rock. All right, here we go. Better Call Saul, episode 306, off-brand. It uh, opens with the uh, Who Works for Who scene yeah. that we saw in the uh, extended preview from AMC. Which makes us both wrong about our prediction about the opening scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, we botched that one, but that's okay. Yeah. It was a little bit more of an extended scene, though, because after Don, Don Hector <laughs> says, um, Who Works for Who... Then uh, Nacho kind of is like, has a moment where he's like, yeah, yeah that's right. Because now he's taking yeah. shit from the big boss, so he has to go prove himself. So, uh, uh, surprise, Crazy Eight, your ass is getting kicked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he really whooped down on him. Yeah, surprise. <laughs> <laughs> then I like, it goes on. I was say, I go like ahead. how Crazy Eight tried making small talk first. How was your dad? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, to lessen the, to lessen the bad news. Right. Yeah, nope. like so. Uh, well, I, I guess it uh, worked at first. Yeah. Well, no, I don't know. Nacho was pretty. Um, he was pretty pissed. unimpressed. He, I even noted that he 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 definitely looked like move along. Let's get to yeah. business. Yeah. Like he had his hand out, right? Like he was impatient. Right. Like, hey, come on, let's do this. Right. You think um, you're the only guy that owes me thousands of dollars? <laughs> right. 
Nacho Gibbs Crazy 8 Nass Whooping uh, that extends from the parking lot to the kitchen, from the windows to the wall. <laughs> we cut to Nacho's dad, uh, his upholstery shop, and we see Nacho sewing. Yep. And he uh, he spikes his hand with the with the sewing needle. And I watch my wife sew a lot. And first off, I can't really figure out how a sewing machine works. Like, how does it sew from the top and the bottom at the same time? Like a double like as needle. it passes through the fabric? Double is that needle. what it is? Something like ah. that. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I've seen a lot of sewing, and I don't know how it works. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty press- impressive technology for a machine that was created in the early, like, 1900s. Yeah, right? Mm-hmm. Industrial Revolution. So- yeah, buddy. He spikes his hand with the needle, and uh, pretty gory as far as Better Call Saul goes. Yeah, it's more Breaking Bad than Better Call Saul, I guess. Um, <laughs> do, do you think Nacho looked like stoned on purpose? Because I thought he looked kind of fucked up. Like his eyes were all bloodshot. I don't know if he's supposed to be like high or stressed out, or just deep in thought. Maybe it's just uh, deep I, in thought because he's pissed at Hector. I think he's probably pulling double double time also right like he's doing his yeah. uh, day gig which is apparently whooping people's asses as they call but, it <laughs> burning the candle at both ends or burning mm-hmm. the midnight oil yes yeah but he also has a lot of uh stress on his mind for reasons that we'll find out later in the episode so mm-hmm. um but yeah the, uh, one one thing uh i i uh that kind of struck me too is after his hand was spiked with the needle and he pulls it out the flap of skin that sticks to the needle like elastically snaps back to his finger <laughs> The latex they use for makeup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, opens with the uh, phone book in the desert. Dave, it, it's longer black and white, dude. It, it seems to be episode to episode is getting longer, I guess. I don't know. I haven't gone and looked and paid attention to it. I'm too busy. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's on my mind to do. But we'll mm-hmm. just roll with it. It's getting longer and longer because we get more and more gene every year. There you go. Cut to Kim's closing statements at the disciplinary hearing. Juxtaposed with the car ride with Rebecca. Mm-hmm. That was, I, I it, thought that was kind of cool. It's like a, it's like a, they're they're running concurrently, right? Yeah, they're like yeah, and I think that shows uh, to me that shows that Rebecca's got that on her mind. She's thinking about Kimmy's closing argument about mm. Jimmy while she's heading to Chuck. Gotcha. Okay. See, I took it as they were two two things happening at the same time because Chuck wasn't there for the first part of the disciplinary hearing because of his illness. Oh. Right. And then he, he showed up into it. So I figured after he was done on the stand, they took him out and she was on his way to his house as Kim was giving the closing statement. That's another way to look at it. Yeah. I didn't think about that. Yeah. So they were running, they were running uh, simultaneously. So Kim's giving statements where, you know, Jimmy's really a good guy, you know, he's supportive of his brother he, uh, he cares about his... people. That's the, the whole major, the topic sentence of it. He cares about people. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. He's a caring dude. He's a caring dude. And at the same time, or after Kim gives her closing remarks, Rebecca's on her way to Chuck's house, and he doesn't open the door. And the whole part where he doesn't open the door and she's pounding on it with the music and the way that it was filmed I was sitting there thinking, like, really? Does he try to commit suicide? Because people keep bringing that up—that Chuck's going to kill himself. Well, the the and then the uh, the synopsis preview said takes it to the edge, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm yeah, thinking, edge something. of a cliff, edge of a <laughs> windowsill. 
Uh, but no, uh, as far as uh, Rebecca's little storyline on this, it's revealed that Chuck is actually cowering just out of sight of the door. Right. He's being a little bitch about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I do like and- that Kim used the phrase irrational animus because mm-hmm. that explains the title of a Tool album. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> the um, I thought it was interesting that they pointed out that Chuck was Jimmy's only living blood relative. I actually missed that. Yeah. Wow, I, 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 I don't know if we knew that before or if that was mentioned before, but Chuck is apparently uh, Jimmy's only living blood relative, so they, they must not have any cousins or, or anything. They, they're a very isolated family, which is probably why they have this weird relationship where they just basically keep circling the drain together. Yeah, it's just it's just them. Them mm-hmm. against the world, huh? Mm-hmm. And it, they hint, they don't really confirm, they do in an upcoming scene that Jimmy gets uh, 12 months of suspension. Right. He doesn't get disbarred. Nope. He uh, he kind of got, he, everybody wins. Yeah. that's just, Yeah, you know what? Everybody does win because then we see Jimmy and Kim are uh, popping the bottle, uh, presumably, of Chris. Because that's what all the uh, cool kids say nowadays. And uh, <laughs> they're celebrating their big win because Jimmy didn't get disbarred. So, right. yay. And they were drinking, they were drinking the champagne out of uh, Davidson main mugs. Oh, I didn't even notice that. Man, I'm kind of yeah, off man. this week. Um, but you're we need on. like a score ticker. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> it's 2-0 right now in favor of me. <laughs> uh, Rebecca shows up at uh, at Jimmy's house, uh, wants Jimmy to do a, basically a courtesy check on Chuck because he isn't answering the door. Uh, Jimmy's like, no thanks. Rebecca says she uh, he owes it to Chuck to do it. And Jimmy just keeps on refusing. Yeah, like I, he doesn't owe him squatting. I, I, I tend to agree. Like I don't. I think if I was in Jimmy's situation after hearing the rant that Chuck went on, mm-hmm. I'd be hesitant to help him out myself. Yeah, Rebecca kind of pleads with uh, Jimmy, and you know, Jimmy, you lied to me. You need to do what's right. Uh, he's still your brother, and Chuck was right all along. Are all just kind of uh, accusations that she's lovey's. Trying to appeal to Jimmy's good side and get him to go over, and, or I guess compassionate side, and get him to go take a look at Chuck. Right. But, you know, Jimmy, I like how, yeah, I need to defend myself, and Chuck will need help afterwards. Facts. Those are mm-hmm. facts. You can deal with those facts because he's not my brother anymore. Yep. Uh, we cut to see Stacy. She's chatting about uh, pancakes at a support group about uh, Kaylee's dead dad. Yeah, about Maddie. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good pan. Pan around the room, and then when you get to the end of the circle, Mike, <laughs> kind of a, kind of a sad scene, right? They just kind of like toss that in there, right? Yeah, I, I, I guess I don't know why they would do that. <laughs> I, I, it, it almost seemed out of place, like in a weird, in a weird way. I guess considering what we've been conditioned to for the past few weeks, it just seemed a little out of place that they would throw that in there. So it must be foreshadowing something big. I did notice though that uh, Stacy said that she volunteered Mike. To pour some concrete and help them uh, build a uh, or uh, build a playground because he's Batman, he can do anything. Mm-hmm. Well, she mentions that you know years ago uh, Mike did build a carport and pour right. the concrete from somebody. So that's a pretty good retroactive way to uh, to fit dude, in how Mike Mike was able to fix the door. Dude, you can get <laughs> a you can get a carport made out of poles and canvas for twenty five bucks at freaking Menards. Yeah, not that hard. Mike poured concrete. Also, oh, okay. <laughs> he even like he even let Maddie write his initials in it. <laughs> That's right. 
Maybe that yeah. whole scene about the story was like how it's a sad story that's and that's just going to help Mike lead to pouring concrete in which he's going to bury evidence for a future crime. <laughs> I'm not even joking. I really think that's probably that's a really good idea. Awesome. Okay. I, I just guess I didn't even consider it. Like I just, just took it as oh, popped in my head right some, now. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, at some point he made a concrete slab. You just like went way into it. And <laughs> what's, what's good about it is what you said is feasible. Right. <laughs> okay. Uh Howard shows up at Chuck's house carrying a box. And uh I, I like how Chuck won't answer the door and Howard's like, Well, I, I got all night. I'm not leaving. Yeah. I thought he was gonna yell at him. No, I didn't think so. I, uh, no? I, it really, because I mean, Howard's all about the company mm-hmm. and it's in Howard's best interest for Chuck to get back to lawyerings. Mm-hmm. Yep. In, in the box is a box of 35 year old McKellen wine. He's, uh, I thought he's it was not scotch. Even, no, it was wine. Oh, it's wine. Yeah. Oh, he's not even going to tell you. He's not even going to tell you how much it costs, by the way. I'm pretty sure it was wine. I'm pretty sure it was scotch. You don't drink All wine right. out of tumblers. All right. Hey, internet people, let's go. Get yeah. on it. Was I can Google it scotch? right now, but I'm not going to. <laughs> <laughs> if only I had some sort of interconnected worldwide web of websites that I could research whether it was wine or... Oh, we can't because it hasn't aired yet. <laughs> <laughs> you can still find out if the wine exists or if it's scotch. <laughs> <laughs> they might have made the wine up for the show. Oh man, yeah. See, look at there. See, I was trying to be a smart ass, and it, it uh, like I literally can't look that up. <laughs> it's McCallan Scotch, future. buddy. What an what an age! It I is just to googled be it. Alive. I just googled it. it's McCallan Scotch. Okay, okay, it's Scotch. It's Scotch. Because fancy people drink Scotch out of those kinds of glasses. Mm-hmm. It just mm-hmm. makes sense. Okay. Okay, maybe. I, I was taking notes, and <laughs> I'm not a liquor kind of guy, so I, I was taking notes, and you know, as I was taking notes, I probably just missaw it or misheard. Fine, it's Scotch. I get. They it. never said what it's, the liquor was; they just said the brand. Okay. Because for real, this is for real. The way Chuck approaches the glass, that's Scotch. Mm-hmm. Like he smells it, he gets that look on his face. Like ah, that's what like, snooty people do with Scotch. All right, like swirl yeah. it around and get yeah, the you, uh, you swirl it, you get the aroma, the you sip mm, okay. it, yeah. All right, and it really, I, I just like, man, Michael McKean's acting is so good. Like he really plays that off. Like, oh, buddy, this is gonna taste so good. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Howard tells Chuck he's at a uh, crossroads. He's not worth it. He reiterates that. Um, well, let me note that. You know, th- when 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 Howard says he's not worth it, mm-hmm. I put. Okay, does he believe this, or is he saying this to cheer Chuck up to get Chuck back to work? I think he's just trying to get Chuck back to work. Be like, okay, you know what? Because they had a victory. Uh-huh. Yeah, he wasn't disbarred, but you know, twelve months. He even says he's suspended for twelve months. Take that as a victory. Plus, he's also thinking his his reputation is kind of tarnished, also uh-huh. in all this. So, hey, we survived, even though you went fucking nuts in the courtroom. <laughs> Let's have this drink of this Scotch nut wine <laughs> and. Uh, Hey, get back on the ball. And I'm pretty sure if the camera didn't cut away, like when Chuck stood up before they went to the door drunkenly and he was like, hey, Howard, are you okay to drive? I'm sure there was like an ass slap and a high five in there somewhere. Right, yeah. A good speech to you out there. Yeah, go get him, Tiger. (laughs) But here's my thing is, and I even wrote down, I was like, where's the tape? Because this, Howard just did what Jimmy said he did. 
he kind of bullshitted him to say what he wanted to hear to get him to do mm. what he wanted him to do. Mm. Parallelisms, man. Parallelisms. Whoa. Awesome. Good writing. And then this, and I wrote on my notes, uh, this is where I'm assuming there was a commercial break because a lot of times we can't tell where the commercial breaks are. But there is a time lapse. Yeah, there was some sort of, so like, uh, I wrote on here, I bet there's a commercial break right here. <laughs> I don't know why I noted that, but um, I guess we'll have to see. So let me know if there's a commercial break, like, right now in the episode. <laughs> oh, I put, <laughs> I just flipped the page on my notes, and I put, Chuck smells the scotch and goes from 6 to midnight. Oh. <laughs> awesome. I did like that, that that toast to new beginnings, though, because yeah. I, I took that as kind of like an ominous Right. Because the whole time I'm sitting there watching, I'm like, that's Chuck's not going to let that down. Like, he's he's not. Yeah, he's playing it off like he's okay with everything that transpired, but I, I he's not going to let that no. pass. I don't even think he's playing it off like it's trans. You see, like, the evil, like, his evil eyebrows got a little more big and evil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was the noise that was going on in his head. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and then it's funny since I wrote down, where's the tape? Because it was a whole parallelism with the Jimmy scene. And then Mm -hmm. Chuck grabs the tape recorder. And I was like, was he seriously taping this? (laughs) (laughs) Right, because this is after after Howard leaves. And then Chuck sits at the desk and he pulls out the tape recorder. And he gets the battery. And it still, quote unquote, burns him. And the battery, like, rolls to the camera. Basically in front of the screen. Uh, What what struck me is that uh, Chuck was using Railvax. Who the fuck uses Railvax? Uh... They're like a terrible battery. If he sends people, <laughs> he sends people out for them. They just buy the cheap stuff, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. I guess you can go to the Dollar Tree and get a railback battery that'll last for fifteen minutes. <laughs> Maybe since they put uh, out less power, it's safer for Chuck. <laughs> good. Uh, yeah. That Duracell good, uh, put a good. hole in his hand. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like if it's Energizer, he would just explode in a ball of flame. <laughs> and it keeps going Pretty, and going. Uh, Pretty good product placement though for Railvac. Good for them. Yeah, they. I guess they need it. I don't know. Ever since I, I that think, Michael Jordan sponsorship went down, I think Railvac's whole gimmick is that the battery is always half full. <laughs> like <that's> <laughs> they're <it>. an optimistic company. <laughs> yeah, they're optimistic because their batteries are half full. Uh, we'll just add those to the list of people that will never sponsor us right behind American <laughs> Airlines, <laughs> Yelp, and uh, numerous other companies that we Comcast should. Comcast All right. <laughs> yeah, Comcast. <laughs> All right. So Jimmy's going to work. He's trying to put a positive spin on this. He's got to do that PR thing. He knows that a letter is coming out. He's probably obligated, what, to send all of his clients a letter that he's on hiatus now. Yeah, and, and the and, reasons... Uh, why and the results mm. of his disciplinary hearing mm-hmm. i think that's i think he said that was going to be on the letter he's kind of like just ignore that you know it's just formalities yeah, <laughs> yeah like, just throw the letter away right? when you get it just let me know that you got it yeah yeah charm offensive like hey yeah you know what i, I gotta take a break and you're gonna get a letter explain it all but pff, don't don't worry about it. everything's cool everything's cool just uh you know continue with your life I'll, I'll meet i'll catch back up with you in like 12 and a half months all right right like yeah, I like. Did you uh, notice the opening too? Was the goldfish that he bought to go see the vet, and they oh, had the whole I, conversation I, about not feeding the fish too much. So he puts like one drop of food in, and he's like, "Come on, eat it, eat it." <laughs> I uh, I didn't catch that, but I I caught the fish, but I I didn't I didn't put that uh put that back. So okay, so now it's two to one, day Brian. <laughs> 
Dave, Dave's on the board. Well, once <laughs> once it's confirmed that they were drinking scotch, not wine, the score is going to be even. Yeah, if, if that's confirmed, then yes, it'll be 2-2. Two, two. It'll be 2 up. <laughs> this is all we need to do is just start an arbitrary scoring system now. <laughs> I did like some of the comments. Wow, he like the side conversations that he was kind of forced into by the elderly clients yeah. that he is calling. That's just humorous to me. Like, I'm not sure where that noise is coming from. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, His last call is uh, Mr. Yellowwitz, who kind of sees him as a hero because he was a pilot of a B-29. And it's implied that he watches Jimmy's pilot veteran commercial every day. Yeah. Yeah. Every day. I wonder if he's in the Memphis Bell. Mm, he He may be. Mr. Yellowwitz is his name. But it Yelvin inspires, wins. but it makes Jimmy realize I have commercials I need to pull off the air because he's not allowed to advertise as a lawyer for 12 months. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I even drew a little rain cloud with a lightning bolt and it says brainstorm. So <laughs> 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 I don't know why my notes this year have just gotten ridiculous. They're just full of pictures and like shapes. Jeff and I were recording uh, a plumbus among us, the Rickest Rick and Morty podcast coming out soon. So we were recording that. But for some reason, when I was doing my shorthand for A Plumbus Among Us, it's different than when I do it Saul Goodman. So we had to keep pausing <laughs> because I was like, well, in when I do it Saul Goodman, when I, when I square something off, that's like a side thought into why somebody is doing something. Whereas in the other podcast, when I square something off, it's almost like somebody said it like a direct quote. Right. So I kept getting confused <laughs> because because... It just means two different things to me in two different shows, so I need to uh, mm. I need to work on that. When I put it on direct quotes, I use quotation marks. Mm-hmm. Nice, like a normal you know, person, you know, like like a person who's graduated like fifth grade English. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Francisca, get me KWBV. I need. Uh, he's looking for the manager. He's looking to pull the commercial ASAP. Right. Um. I wasn't sure where they were going with that at first. I, di- I didn't even have any ideas. I was like, oh, he's going to try to play it legit. But then they, you know, later on they start explaining. I kind of did. Once he once he said, get me the manager, uh, KWBB, at first I was like, okay, B29 guy inspires Jimmy for a new commercial or something. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh, wait, no, he can't advertise as a lawyer, so he's probably trying to get it pulled off the air. He had nine airings left at 4000 bucks. That's like 440 something dollars. A commercial. That's I don't know. I think that's a pretty reasonable price. Yeah, that's that's not bad. Not adjust bad for, for that size of market. Adjust for inflation. It's probably four hundred eighty by today's dollars. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and they pretty much comes up with the loophole. Um, he's he's pretty much reselling the commercial time for free because what he's charging for is to make the commercial. That's lawyerins. Yeah, he's not allowed to resell it because at first I was like, why doesn't he sell this shit to Kim? You know, right. it seemed like Kim was hinting at it, like, hey. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. You got some extra airtime, buddy. And then, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. So his loophole is to sell the labor to produce the commercial, and mm-hmm. then just give them or air it in his spot for no fee. Yeah, pretty crafty. It is good to see the uh, the film crew return. Yeah, I love their attitudes because they're like they kind of have shitty attitudes, but they're kind of doing it for like you know the experience and a little bit of cash. Mm-hmm. But yeah, those little <laughs> snotty little college kids. <laughs> They're, they're trying to figure out where they go because uh, he couldn't quite convince the carpet store people to make a commercial at right that moment. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, uh, you have 15 minutes to decide. 
the one, I thought it was going to work, too. Pretty, yeah, I, I, I thought it was going to show off his, his uh, expert skill in uh, manipulating. Yeah, like when he started walking to the car, I thought mm-hmm. he was going to be like, all right, we got 15 minutes to get this thing made. I mm-hmm. thought that was going to be the next line. I do like how they were going back and forth after. Uh, oh, by the way, Julian Bonfiglio, it's good to see him again. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we did have a conversation with him while he was uh, down in New Orleans. Yeah, guest uh, guest on our show. Look it up. Look it up. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed when they were going through how they were going to make the commercials now and the makeup girl. Uh, he like starts auditioning the crew. Yeah, <laughs> to, and he's and he's trying to wing it off the off the top of his head. Um, I don't know. I don't know the character's name, but. Not who Julian Bonfiglio plays, and and not the girl, the camera but guy. The, yeah, the camera guy, where he pretty much threatens them. He's like, "Well, look, I'm getting my hundred dollars no matter what." Like, <laughs> okay, here's the th- okay. This is what I wanted to say. Mm-hmm. So he's trying to spend three hundred dollars to save himself four hundred dollars. Like, if he's paying the crew, oh, you know, he's giving these guys each a hundred bucks to do this gig. To cover his four hundred dollar hit on the advertising money, yeah. So he unless he's be paying them a day rate, if he's giving them a day rate of a hundred dollars and he does all knocks all the commercials out, then fine. Mm-hmm. But if you're doing a bike commercial, he's only saving himself a hundred dollars <laughs> plus materials. You do have to buy some props. Hmm. Gas Good money, point. food for the day. Mm, true. Sounds like a sunk cost fallacy to me. Hmm. Indeed. Nice. Sounds like a sunk cost fallacy to me. Good callback. Look at you. <laughs> Look at you. That just earned Dave two points, so now it's 3-2 three, two. Three, two in Dave's favor. Um, <laughs> I do like how he says, like, I'm, I'm the honest Jimmy. You know, I can't go, I can't suddenly be like, hey, I'm a sales guy. <laughs> right. Yeah. We see the Los Pollos Hermanos truck uh, loading in uh, some sort of facility. They're removing the floor, uh, kind of clever with, you know, yeah. removing the, the the floor panel, and then their drugs are packed and sawed. Well, all the equipment they brought out, I was like, is that they building a meth lab? I thought that was like drug supplies, but no, all the illicit stuff is actually buried underneath the floorboards. Mm-hmm. Did you think that at all? Like the big tanks and all the other stuff was actually like drugs supplies. Well, let me let me. Yeah, let me let me get into that in a second. I'll, I'll tell you what I thought because what I thought actually happened in a different circumstance as we go through this. So okay, so all right, so they're unloading the truck. Uh, kind of clever. They have like you know like the you know glass plate glass sucker thingies, and they pull off the the you know the metal that's underneath the screwed plate on the floor, and they have all the drugs inside the sawdust. That's to absorb moisture, Brian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of course, of course. Yeah, you don't you don't want to get it soggy. You you don't want it to start clumping. That's for sure. Exactly. I guess pretty much what they're doing is uh, giving samples to Hector, or like it's like a <laughs> quality assurance test. I guess is what they're doing. No, Hector's using the Los Puertos Hermanos trucks to transport his goods because mm-hmm. he got robbed and he, his ice cream shop shut down. Right. I guess he laid them out on the table to show that they're all the same size because there was a question: Are they all the same weight? And dude's yeah. like, "Well, pick any ones that you want." Saying pretty much, well, weigh him, you know, if you don't believe me. Yeah. Uh, supposed to take five. He takes six. He gets a gun stuck in his face. Uh, doesn't even flinch. Nacho doesn't even flinch. Yeah, I thought he did flinch, no? 
No, Arturo he just stiffened kind of, up a bit, but Ar- yeah, Arturo seemed to be kind of calm. Yeah, Ar- Arturo was so calm to the point where I thought he was not with Nacho for some reason. Yeah, well, Nacho though didn't even move. Like he he was he just calmly stated, "Hector gets six. I'm walking out of here with six. And yeah. that's when the the other guy makes the phone call to Gus, and Gus tells him to go ahead and give him the sixth one, and uh, Mexican standoff. Averted. Which, Nacho's balls are dropping in this episode, is what I just realized. Like his assertiveness is really picking up, which might lead mm-hmm. to some other power struggles. Maybe it's already maybe it's already been there. It, it, we just haven't seen it yet because we haven't. Well, we really... haven't seen him all freaking season, <laughs> right? <laughs> but um, okay, so here's my notes for the Mexican standoff. I wrote Mexican standoff for Nacho, just a standoff. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I wrote it like that. And my wife is goes, my wife goes, if you say that on the podcast, you know there's gonna be at least one person out there who gets offended. And my response was, Well, then I guess that person would probably just have to get a sense of humor. <laughs> but the thing is, mm-hmm. Uh, if I may correct you some, with some semantics. Okay, sure, sure. It's not quite a Mexican standoff because only one person has a gun. Reservoir Dogs is a Mexican standoff. Everybody's, oh. shoot, everybody's pointing a gun at the same time. Okay. when one All He's right. just being held up at this point. I got you. Okay. All right. So that's Brian here's, 3, Dave 2, or Dave 3 then. <laughs> Let's give here's, you where I thought, here's where I thought it was going. So... Gus picks up the phone, tells him that it's okay for Nacho to take Hector a sixth brick of drugs, right? Right. Both of these things happen in a facility or a warehouse. So when I saw the Los Pollos Hermanos truck pull up and they go through the whole rigmarole of getting the drugs out and they're in a factory, I was like, oh, well, that's the factory from Breaking Bad. You remember Breaking Bad? There was the laundry facility. Yeah. And they and you know they had like the little house underneath the washer and stuff. Uh-huh. That's when I, th- I I was just like, oh, that's the that's the drug facility from Breaking Bad. That's kind of cool. But then it pans out and it shows Gus was on the phone while looking at the actual laundry yeah. facility from Breaking Bad. So like, <laughs> I jumped the gun and then I was like, wait a minute, is Gus? Did they call Gus and he was just at another another part? <laughs> yeah, he's upstairs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe, but, but no, because I thought, didn't they just take the stuff off the truck right to a table? Aren't they on the same plane? It's like in the, it's like in the, the loading truck. dock. Yeah, so they wouldn't be downstairs. They're like in the mm-hmm. loading dock, yeah. Yeah, we're getting, we're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit because uh, we jumped pretty yeah. much a couple scenes. So let, no. let's just back up and then we can go back and talk about it. No, because I have, I, I wrote it immediately from that conversation and then it goes to Gus and he's in the laundromat. We didn't skip anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, does it go right to the laundry room then? Yeah, because it like cuts it cuts from that end of that and what Nacho leaving with it to Gus scoping out the laundromat. My note was, I wonder if he'll be buying that. Ah, and then it's it's the sales. Okay, gotcha. Gus exits this facility after he's scoping. He even sees where you know, like he even sees the laundry machine that's pushed up where the stairs obviously coming to like play. That here. would make a great meth lab down there. Hmm. And uh, he comes out and gets in a car with the presumed realtor, but uh, I believe that's Lydia. That's what I thought, wa- and they revealed it as if 
the revealing a Breaking Bad character. Mm-hmm. Totally. And it makes sense because uh, she had some sort of connection with Gus in Breaking Bad, blah, blah, blah. It's a big leap towards Breaking Bad then. Yeah, we're, I think we're getting close. Yeah, it, it has to be. Yeah. It has to be getting close. Cut the chalk. He puts on a space hood, very uh, looking very much like a uh, like Eminem and Eight Mile. That's right. <laughs> he decides to go walk about. Mm-hmm. I, I wasn't sure where he was going after. I'm like, oh, good for him. You know, like he, I thought he, he just... he's kind of kind of seeing his bullshit. He's like, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna give this a shot. I survived holding a holding uh, a railvac battery. <laughs> <laughs> Hard to even say with a straight face. He survived. He, he didn't. survived the voltage <laughs> of railvac batteries. Chuck uh, puts on a space blanket, starts venturing out at night downtown to Albuquerque. He's very, uh, very fluorescent, fluorescent at night. Yeah, there's plenty of electricity for him to test himself because that's what I thought he was doing was just testing if he can go walk about and not mm-hmm. get all fucked up. So, yeah, with all the fluorescent lights and stuff, I'm sure there's plenty of electromagnetism going around. Mm-hmm. Seems like he walked quite a ways just to use a payphone. Well, yeah, they... they for one, that's the cult. That's the opening of the show. Was the shot of the payphone, mm. and nice. they are in steady decline ever since two thousand one. Yeah, Doctor Laura Cruz. Do we know anything about Doctor Laura Cruz? She was from the first season, I believe. She's the one that flipped on the bed when he wasn't paying attention, right? That Jimmy had to deal with, and he got the uh, the permission to take care of Chuck. Was that the doctor? Wow! Wow! Really? I assume so, because I just remember there was a female doctor in the first season whose name I don't remember. Oh, that's true. Okay, well, if... That was his doctor. Oh, well, if that's true, uh, you just got another point. So, like, you have, like, two points (laughs) outstanding (laughs) right now. Cut back to see Hector. He's meeting with Nacho. Hector's pretty pissed off that Nacho had a gun pointed to his head. And uh, sits down with Nacho to discuss his plans. And he's pretty much saying, well... Gus has a legitimate business as a front. I want my own legitimate business as a front. Nacho's family happens to have a legitimate business. Therefore, Nacho should talk to his dad about going into business with Hector. So Hector has a legitimate business, but Nacho is like, well, dude, slow your roll. Right. Um, my dad's not part of this business. He's a good man. He 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 doesn't even know anything about any of this bullshit he's not in this lifestyle right and hector is pretty much going to try to appropriate him nonetheless this is going to happen i wrote talk to your father or i can't do the hector voice as well as you can talk to your father there you go which doesn't sound anything like hector it sounds more like a shitty robot but still (laughs) (laughs) import math bring to america (laughs) For some reason, he sounds like he has hydraulics. He's just like, <laughs> <laughs> well, he will, he will be half machine in a couple of years. <laughs> uh, we're going to go ahead and give you two extra points for that one. So I think you're on like five yeah. to two. <laughs> so <laughs> Hector kind of gets upset by Nacho kind of pushing back a little bit. He flips out, starts coughing, flips the table over, drops a pill. Um, Nacho notices, kind of... Wait, well, he didn't say why. He didn't say what caused Hacker to flip out. Wasn't it because Nacho was... No, it was because Tuco knifed somebody in jail. 
And he's like, he's only supposed to do six months. Like, he was only supposed to be in jail for six months, but he knifed somebody and, like, beat up a guard or something. Oh, my God. I was, I was, oh, my God. Okay, awesome. I, I remember writing the notes, and I remember hearing he was only supposed to do six months, and I didn't catch what happened. So, Tuco knifes somebody in jail. Yeah, and, like, beat up a Hector guard. Which makes flip out. Because now he's going to be in jail nice. longer. So, now Tuco is going to be out longer because his sentence will get expanded. And that's mm-hmm. when Hector flipped out. Ah, <laughs> either way, he starts taking pills, drops one, Nacho notices, kind of uh, conceals it with his foot for uh, later use, presumably because now shit's getting a little too real for Nacho because it was all fun and games when he could keep his family out of it. But right. now he's in a position where a very dangerous man is pretty much demanding that he brings his very docile father uh-huh. into a very dangerous business. Right. So in one fell swoop, Hector is now a giant threat to Nacho. Which goes back to my preview with the prior when I said, you know, who's the boss of who? I thought it was between Hector and Nacho. Well, that's now that's becoming true. Now mm-hmm. yeah. they're they're seeing weaknesses in each other and they're gonna start poking at these weaknesses. So I'm mm-hmm. assuming that the pill gets filled with ricin. Mm. I should save these for the preview show, I guess. But yeah, he's definitely gonna poison him with a pill. You think he'll put? Yeah, I think I, my think note was Nacho's going to cause the stroke. Gotcha. Yeah, that, that's what I have too. Um, but I was sitting there trying to think like, does poison cause a stroke? But I mean, I guess it may. If it's certain, I'm not an alchemist. Maybe <laughs> they just assume it was a stroke because he got so fucked up from whatever happens. Ah, you know? there you go. Okay, awesome. Gotcha. Okay. Well, or it's one of the things they like to do where they're going to do something completely different with it. Yeah, interesting like he, development nonetheless. Yeah, oh, very. This because yep. I was I was honestly going through the episode, kind of like this isn't you got like the hangover from hangover from last week's episode. Mm-hmm. It was super intense, and this one's just it's setting up more stuff for the you know the last half of the season. Mm-hmm. But once this happened, then I got really excited, and I was like, oh, I got to see where this plot line goes. <laughs> right on, right on. Yeah. Back at Jimmy's apartment. Which we need, I wish we could track down the guy that used to do like the Justice Friends, like, meanwhile, at the Hall of Justice. Send him an email. (laughs) He's probably dead, man. What about big voice guy? What about big voice guy from? uh, Oh, epic voice guy? Yeah. Honest Trailers. Honest honest Trailers. That guy? Yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile, back at Jimmy's apartment. Yeah, he was cool. He'd do that for us. Yeah, right. So. <laughs> you, better go fuck, you better go fuck you guys. All right. So back at Jimmy's, Kim's there. She wants to see uh, the commercial because uh, Jimmy's explaining that he he's not selling the commercial. He's selling the services to create the commercial. Right. And Creating. she thinks that's clever. He's Yeah, he, yeah. she's very lawyer of him. Very lawyer of him. And uh, she, she's almost kind of impressed, but she wants to see the commercials. And Jimmy's kind of actually hesitant. He's kind of like, like, I don't really want to show you. It's not my best work. Uh, But she kind of coaxes him into it. And we finally get to see uh, Saul Goodman. (laughs) Yeah, right? I love his his super shitty goatee. (laughs) I'm sorry. My favorite joke of the series. All the star wipes. I noticed that during the commercial, there's all these star wipes, and I'm like, that's like the Simpsons. Remember when Homer makes the tape for Ned Flanders? 
Mm-hmm. And he's yeah. like, we star wipe to Ned doing his taxes and star wipe to this. And Lisa's like, Dad, there's other wipes besides star wipes. He's like, why eat, <laughs> why eat burgers when you can right. have steak? He mentions, uh, you know, uh, station manager said that's the most star wipes <laughs> he's yeah. ever seen in a commercial. I'm the only person he's ever said that to. <laughs> <laughs> so, and <laughs> what I'm thinking is, I believe Bob Odenkirk wrote for The Simpsons. So I'm thinking he must have wrote that joke. And then if he not, put this joke into Salt. Goodman, you know, it, if not his brother Bill does, his right? Brother Bill Odenkirk writes for his yeah. Simpsons. There's yeah. definitely a big Simpsons connection, so this is definitely a a, a callback to us old school Simpsons fans. Yeah, super absolutely. appreciative. Star wipe. Yep. The whole time I was just watching his fake goatee, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the disguise, I like the hat and the glasses, and mm-hmm. you know the new It'll be character. Interesting. It'll be interesting to see how they handle. You know, he can't suddenly go into like this big crazy sales guy. But he obviously has a very terrible, a very terrible disguise. So it'll be interesting to see if they have to reconcile that down the road. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder. Mm-hmm. But then, yeah. Then uh, I like you know Kim was like, this guy's got a lot of energy. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. she's like, hmm. So There's also, hey, yeah. After it's done, so I'll go. Yeah, she's she's. I I couldn't tell if she was like flummoxed or in disbelief or impressed or was thinking, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? I think I, I, she's I gonna. I think she's going to help talk him into using the pseudonym moving forward. Because mm. the name struck her. She thought it was catchy. That's what I got from her was that, mm. ooh, this is a good idea. Saul Goodman, now that's an interesting character. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Cool. Well, overall, I thought this was a, a good episode, a lot less intense than uh, last week's, but definitely still setting a bunch of things up. Yeah, it's it's the ebb and the flow, and this is the ebb. And then it'll mm-hmm. start flowing again. Pretty excited to see where uh, Nacho's storyline goes. Yeah, do you and, think uh, he'll poison Hector this season or next season? Well, we'll talk about that in preview with Pryor, I guess. <laughs> it'll probably be at the season finale. Like, that'll probably be part of it. The penultimate episode. Remember, that's the one mm-hmm. that gets crazy. Yeah, it's always the one before the end that's always crazy. So... Uh, let us know out there what you thought of the episode, what you like, what you didn't like, uh, how wrong Dave and I are. <laughs> was it scotch? Was it wine? Please make sure to hit up Twitter, the TV Time app, uh, Facebook, email, you name it. However you can get a hold of us, please make sure to give us your comments, uh, your ideas, your reactions, because you know we'll put those on preview with a prior every week, or at least the best ones. Usually That's get right. bonus points if you call us stupid somehow. You usually get bonus points. <laughs> like, like the- <laughs> And all you people that care about Preview with a Prior, A, the lyrics, I, I'm sorry, I don't remember names of people that tweeted about it. The lyrics of Preview with a Prior song is Chococo Ladies, which means hello, ladies, in Vietnamese. Mm-hmm. You can listen to our interview with Eileen uh, Fogarty, who plays Mrs. Nguyen, who explained that to us because she speaks the language. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I just sampled it. I sampled that from Jimmy walking into the uh, the salon yelling it. Yeah. Nice. And those Good of work. you that, that are impatiently waiting for preview of the priors to come out, I appreciate that. Keep motivating me to do it because sometimes I get busy and uh, I don't want to leave you guys hanging if you actually care about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Make sure to check out Dave and I at the Nothing Important Podcast at nothingimportantpodcast.com where we talk to people who are more famous and successful than we will ever be. You can check out Jeff and I. Coming up sometime this week at the Rickest Rick and Morty podcast called A Plumbus Among Us. Uh, go ahead and uh, subscribe to our Twitter at A Plumbus Among Us. You'll be able to listen to the first pilot episode 
Uh, and as soon as we get our RSS link activated through iTunes, you'll be able to check us out on iTunes and subscribe as we go through uh, the Rick and Morty series. Please make sure that you download the TV Time app on your smartphone. Talk to everybody who likes everything that you like. It's all in one convenient little program. It's a lot of fun. They're treating us great. We're getting a mm-hmm. lot of great feedback from them. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it's just overall a nice platform to be a part of. Make sure to check us out at thisallgoodman.com or at Twitter at ISGM Podcast. And uh, Dave and I are always going back and forth with people on there. So uh, chances are, if you tweet us, you'll get some sort of response from us. Yes. As yep. much as we can, I'm not as, as active as you are. That's right. Um, so with that, Hope you enjoyed episode 306. Let's get ready for preview with the prior. That'll be out later this week. And then we'll move into episode 307. We're over halfway done. Season three, Better Call Saul, is almost over. Uh, Make sure to listen to this week's preview with the prior, where I'm pretty sure we are going to have a contest for those of you in the United Kingdom, courtesy of one of our listeners. So you're definitely going to want to make sure to listen to that, you UK people, and uh, try to win yourself some free swag. And with that, Dave? Pulse idiots, call us geniuses, whatever, just call us.